I love the product we work with. I'm like a tile geek. I love how beautiful tile can be, what an impact it can make in the space. It's more than a functional element. It's really a design element. And I think we've seen that really come to life over the evolution of the product in the past seven to 10 years, truthfully. And then I love the people get to work with like yourself. I think it's wonderful to have such an array of professionals that you get to learn from. I'm constantly learning, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Welcome to episode 132 of the AFT Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Levitt. And today we have Shahan Ganchi, who is the Director of Marketing for the Tile Shop. And I was really excited to have her on to understand the perspective of the trade and the vendor. As we build those relationships, as they're looking for influencers and trade partners and professionals to partner with, what do they look for? How do we build that brand strategy? And it is not just based on follower count. There's a lot more that goes into it. And we dive in to this conversation to understand what can we bring for assets and value to our vendors? And how does that benefit us, not just from a product standpoint, but also for our clients, and especially right now in this climate to build quicker and more efficiently. And we also dive into marketing strategies, how to use these different platforms. There's a lot of value in this episode that all of you can apply. So without further ado, let's get started. And just a reminder to sign up for the Contractor Coalition Summit. It's that simple, contractorcoalitionsummit.com. Morgan and Jamie from Construction of Style, Nick Schiff with NS Builders and I will be hosting this. This will be in Nashville on Sunday, May 1st through Wednesday, May 4th. It'll change your business. Go sign up. We'll see you there. So welcome to the AT Construction Podcast. I'm Brad Levitt, and we have a very special guest with us today, Shahan Ganchi. So welcome, Shahan. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You know, we met last year and it was an amazing event and you did a great job on that panel. And I know we had to get you on because you have some amazing information to share with us today. So, Yeah, it was wonderful. We got to do a panel together. I got to sit in on yours. It was a great event put on by our friends at Construction Style. Yeah, Morgan and Jamie are awesome. In fact, we had them on not too long ago on the the podcast and we're doing an amazing uh, coalition summit Mm -hmm. with them in Nashville in May, which is awesome. And I think Tal Shaw is participating in that as well. Absolutely. which is super exciting. And Shahan is the director of marketing at the Tile Shop. And we love your product and everything you do. And we have a lot of it in our homes, as you know. So, uh, But I wanted to touch base on marketing because as your director of marketing, you know, a big thing for us in the building industry, whether we're designers, architects, or builders, is understanding how to market our brand. And so from the vendor perspective, you know, what is your approach, you know, as far as marketing strategy? We have a lot of different strategies in our media mix kind of at play. So we always are thinking about, you know, where's our audience, which customer segments consuming, what kind of media at what time in their purchase path. So um, there's multiple touch points to get to a conversion. So we kind of are thinking about constantly like we have what what makes up our media mix and what different um, channels and, and performance metrics we should be thinking about for different channels. So um, you know, it may vary by customer segment or our contractors versus our designers or our builders and, um, you know, where they are if they're upper funnel and it's more brand awareness versus lower funnel. So we have to always be playing around and really thinking about like that mix of um, where we're targeting our customer and, and what channels we're on. And then we get to do, we have fun stuff like brand partnerships, influencer partnerships and different ways we engage with our customer as well. I think what's interesting from from your side is that it's a little challenging in the sense that you're not just marketing uh, to me, right, to a builder. You're not just marketing to a designer. You also have the consumer, like the normal consumer that's coming in, the retail side. So how does that change just 
when you're looking at this, we have the consumer, but we also have the trade relationship. And so those two that are totally different. Right. And, and you speak to them differently. They consume information differently. Um, so it does get more complex, but I think that's kind of the fun of what I get to do all the time. It's always keeps you on your toes. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just in general media and the media mix has changed so much. Um, even, you know, with trades and homeowners, we're all consumers in some respect, right? So we've started digesting our stuff differently, you know, moving from maybe, obviously, there's digital now versus our print, but um, there's always like new channels, new strategies. So I think, you know, when we're trying to think of the different audiences, we think about where are they consuming, you know, or digesting the most media, where can we reach the most effectively? How do they find information? And how do they, you know, um, build partnerships because with trades, it's very relationship heavy too. So, um, a lot more spent on building, you know, that relationship. And then, um, but at the same time, I mean, people in the trade are also consumers. So, you know, there's something to be said for that across all channels as well. Yeah. It's interesting because I, to that point that you're making, uh, Shahan is when you're thinking about us as the trades, like, I know I follow a lot of other builders and designers and architects, right? So as they're posting things or trends, it's like, okay, what's that product? You know, where's that from the tile shop? And then how do we incorporate that? Because it, you know, it fits. And so I think that's an interesting strategy. As you, as you and Sarah are tracking this stuff at the tile shop, do you find different platforms more valuable? Do you find that a lot of the clientele that are coming into the tile shop maybe gravitate to one or two of them more specifically? Yeah. And, and even different platforms serve different purposes, right? Some like your Pinterest, they're more upper funnel, even within, you know, the trade, you know, professions, they're inspiration driven, you're looking more for certain KPIs, like engagement and traffic. But when you get into other funnels, or, you know, other channels, Facebook, or Instagram, um, you do start to see differences between your customer segments, or your, your trade audiences, and, um, you know, what they're, you know, reacting to and which ones seem to be ones that they're engaging more with to drive, you know, just relationships again, essentially, which is, you know, new accounts or, or creating things like that. So we look at each a little differently. And I think with new channels, like you have TikTok, you know, and all these things, um, you just have to stay like curious and constantly evolving. And I think that curiosity helps you combine with like, you know, looking at your, metrics and just listening to your customers, um, really helps you be adaptable with the ever changing. We don't know what's the next channel, right? So it could be something new, but, um, I think curiosity, it really helps with you learning about how they all kind of work together in different ways. I, I love how you left us with that nugget right there to stay curious, right? Cause I think it can be overwhelming, you know, especially if all of us are looking at our brand strategies, there, there's so many different aspects. What brings value? Where's that ROI, right, on the time and investment we're putting in? But what's interesting, you said stay curious because I look at it from the builder side. You know, we're a little slow and adaptive to change, right? Like it takes us a little while. And I, I know when TikTok came out, you know, we didn't really understand that platform. And a lot of builders that I know are like, well, Instagram works. I like Instagram. I know the platform. And Instagram or uh, TikTok's like totally different. But then as you venture in and realize, okay, there can be growth and what that growth looks like. Um, and how that impacts our business or referrals or, you know, lead generation, still not sure. But to your point, it's like, stay curious, stay relevant, because there is different demographics, like on each platform. Right. And they're looking for different information. And they're, um, yeah, I think being curious, being not afraid to test and learn and test and learn again and again. And, you know, 
it, the fun thing about some of the digital stuff like social is that it's not, um, it's, it's more transient, like things can come and go, trends come and go. So it, it kind of lets you play with flexibility and creativity in that, in that sense. So I think that's what's really exciting about a lot of those channels and testing the different ways you may engage with the different audiences. So how, from your side, from a brand as a vendor at the tile shop, I, I would imagine the past, you know, as you're trying to create marketing strategies, whether it's print or even digital media, mm -hmm. there's still images, right? You have to have images. And in the past, I'd imagine you'd have to set up your own vignettes, photography. How has that changed now with influencers? Because they may have this amazing bathroom when they're doing a video walkthrough or photography. Has that helped, you know, just a brand strategy working with influencers for, for their content to show this is real application of someone's home? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's everything kind of, you know, has worked together as, as, as socials come, you know, over the past couple of years, just grown to be this huge beast and you need to feed this content engine. I mean, it's unrealistic to think brands can, you know, even like ourselves, we have over 5,000 products. It's unrealistic to think we can rip out and build beautiful, you know, <laughs> vignettes for every single product or, you know, but, but people need to see the product installed just like, you know, to, to see and believe in that. And I think as we all know and have seen people really engage with real people's faces the most and real spaces. So with influencers, it's been a great, and just um, the rise of social and sharing and just being, you know, proud of spaces and building communities has been a great way for, I think, brands and influencers to naturally form a relationship that's, you know, um, obviously helps us from like asset, asset wise or photography and, and product, but also just, um, again, like there's so many other things that come to value from those relationships as well. But that, like you spoke to, that's huge. I mean, that's a, a big part of the business. So it's interesting as you start thinking about the assets that maybe we deliver in that partnership as we're working with a, a company such as the tile shop, what, what, if, if I'm a builder or designer architect looking to expand that reach and start building that communication with vendors, is there maybe not a secret to success, but what are things that you're looking for? And it may not be just follower account. It may not be reach. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things you're looking into, but how does a normal, um, uh, professional such as myself begin that communication and relationship with, with a vendor? Yeah. Well, a couple of, so looking for us is interesting because a lot of people may think it is follower count or something, but really we look at a lot of things. It's not always one size fits all. I mean, as you touched on previously, assets are a huge part of it. Um, we, we really look for someone who we know can um, deliver quality, you know, and product assets. But as far as like, you know, when it comes to maybe followers, I mean, I, we look at a range of things when we're evaluating partnerships and that's, um, you know, how do they engage with their audience? Like, what is that, what is their um, brand that they've built for themselves based off of? Is it, you know, um, someone, you know, like Jamie and Morgan, like they are so transparent with their process. They bring you along the journey. They really, um, are so authentic to their products they use, their partners, um, their just whole process. And they're such, you know, thought leaders. And that's kind of how people who um, have been following them for a while really, you know, are passionate about following that. There's other people who may have a really unique aesthetic that maybe the tile shop, you know, our brand isn't 
our brand, if we were to make a vignette or we were to design something, we kind of have our own brand guidelines. We have our look, our, our style, but we really like to flex or use partnerships to flex into unique aesthetics or unique, you know, applications of a product that we would not really be able to achieve, you know, ourselves. Um, so various things, I mean, followers sometimes isn't even in the picture. We've worked, we've worked with people barely any, but they're incredible at producing, you know, content or, um, you know, different styles. So it's, it's kind of a range of things, I think. Yeah. I love that you share that because I think one of the, the first items you shared was you said, how do they engage with their audience? And I think this is something that, uh, maybe a lot of us miss as we're looking about, or as we're setting our marketing strategy, right? We're, we're putting out content and, you know, there's different ways to do that, different platforms that we've, we've spoken about. But one thing that we don't look as into as much as at, from my perspective, I know a lot of people that aren't engaging and it doesn't mean that you have to go and comment on every single comment on your feed. Right. But how do you engage with your audience? How are you answering questions? You know, how are you delivering that message? Um, and, and to your point, you know, you said that, you know, become a thought leader. And this is like Jamie and Morgan, right? With construction style, what they do a really good job of is they're super transparent. And I know from their blog and their YouTube videos, that, hey, here's A to B. Here's how we do it. Here's what it costs. And they may not disclose the pricing of, um, you know, how to do a bathroom remodel for a client, but on their own house, they can and say, here's what it would have been if we'd have hired it out. Here's a self-performance, you know, and, and here's the products we use. And so there's different ways to really engage with the audience and answer those questions without having to respond to each and every comment. Right. And I think you yourself, as you've, you know, created your brand and your channels, um, it's how you not only engage with like your, you know, followers, your audience, but your community, which is your other professionals and your network of trusted partners. I think we always look at that too, kind of like how, how are they, you know, engaging with other designers or they, you know, um, we love promoting our installers, you know, installers bring a lot of the design they're the last ones, you know, finishing off the finishing touches, you know, how do we promote or support them? Or how does this designer support her installer? Or um, we love to look at all those different aspects and not um, necessarily one. And then I think just authentic, you know, voice. So sometimes as again, you and I are consumers, if we see a sponsored post, you know, or an ad, you know, or someone who's promoting a product, like you can tell. So sometimes it's, it's something like that. We always, you know, like to look at like, how do they really talk about their partners? You know, is it something that feels genuine? I love that. I think, you know, the, the genuine side of it is really important because, um, you know, all of us have to stay true to like our brand and our direction and what we're, we're trying to achieve. And at the same time, there's a lot of collaboration. I know even outside of just, you know, the monetary side of working with vendors, more importantly, I've seen where I have relationships you know, with, with my vendors personally, it's like Shahan, like you, like, I know that if I needed something from the towel shop, I have a direct connect, right. They can put me in the right, you know, speak to the right person. Same thing with Kohler. I mean, Kohler, we, we have a project where one of our designers, Jamie Rose is doing her own house and she wants this like specialized fixture. And it's going to be an amazing fixture. They, and, and having built that relationship with Kohler, you know, I have someone that I could text right away and they're like, Brad, yeah, we'll make this happen. And so that, that's something that, that I never saw as an advantage of social media when I first started is that, Hey, even above the partnership, like there's relationships built because this is a relationship business where now where we're dealing with inflation and supply chain that, Hey, we have direct connects with actual real people that I know behind the scenes. And there's a lot of value there. 
Oh, yeah. And it, I would just, you know, to even emphasize, ultimately, with our partnerships, like we're really looking for a, a, a relationship, like we like to have long standing relationships where we're working just like with a homeowner, we're working with this pro and they're coming back and we're doing another partnership with them in their next house they're doing or, you know, that's what we're ultimately looking for. So I think that what you're saying is, is 100% true. And um, building those relationships, I mean, for us on our side as well, you know, I was just speaking with our product de designer and she was like, can we pull together, you know, a list of let's grab some of those, your partners, your ones you trust the most. And I want to ask them some questions. So, you know, just being able to know both ways, like you have someone to reach out to, or we can have, you know, get, have a sounding board for a new concept. Like we really look at some of these partnerships as like long-term, you know, relationships. Yeah. And I love that. I know my clients love it too, because you know, they're, when they know that their house can maybe be built quicker, especially right now, or they have um, connections to supply chain and some of the material that they're looking at, or even some custom things, right. That are one off for yeah. them. I know they've, they've benefited a lot from the relationships we built through this. And, and I love that you said it's a long game, right. And, you know, I look at my business as a long game as well. This is not something where reputation wise, we're trying to be in and out to the next right. deal. It's like, well, you know, and, and we're not perfect. I mean, trust me, we have mistakes all the time and we're learning and growing and, you know, as a company. Um, but we look at our clientele as well and said, Hey, I, I want the relationship to not just this project, but down the road, you know, your next home or for, you know, your children sometime that hopefully these relationships are outstanding because that's super important. And you also touched on, um, the relationship inside the professional network, right? How I work with designers and architects and, you know, early on having made plenty of mistakes, it's like, well, we're going to change this. We're only doing a project. If the client hires a designer and architect, like I'm not going to do a project without an interior designer, but the, the selfish side, and I know a peer of mine that was building his company, he, there was an architect in his demographic that he wanted to work with. And so he pursued this, brought a job to this architect that, you know, they hired them and, and now he was able to work with this architect and build up brand. And you see how that professional collaboration benefits us individually, our marketing strategy, as well as the vendors, right. That are part of that. Right. I mean, expanding your network, your, you know, promoting others. And I think for you too, just, um, your dedication, you know, quality craftsmanship, quality work. Um, I think it just goes to show when people are partnering with you, they know what to expect to, as you build that network and they know, um, you know, that's, that's something that we look for. So I think that's, it's wonderful to see when understood that. So speaking about inflation and the demand yeah. that's out there, I mean, you're, you're at the core of this right now. And so how are you navigating just the challenges of product? Because I would imagine not everything's domestic. And so you're working with, you, you right. know, multiple parties that are supplying you. And so how does that, um, yeah. how does that all work? I mean, I think as everyone's gone through this together, the new normal is sort of abnormal. So, um, it's a new, <laughs> it's a new norm we live in of just, you know, we've now set ourselves um, in a good position to be able to handle any, I mean, with current events, you never know what might be the next thing that may cause disruptions in supply chain, right? But it's not something that we're not familiar with anymore. So I think from our side, we just, um, you know, from the product, you know, manufacturing and demand side, it's diversifying our suppliers and just making sure that um, we are able to respond and flexible if needed be. Um, I think a lot of companies, including ourselves, 
had to obviously adjust pricing and things as most retailers did um, just from pricing changes and, you know, things like that, which was across the board. But I think us and, and many others are now much better in much better positions to react to stuff. Um, have you found that tough just that. trying to pivot when you, you know, you have, I, I would imagine this probably isn't totally your role. So it may be yeah. a little unfair here, but you know, as you're looking at pricing, you know, different products and stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, right now fuel, fuels change. And so yep. it changes freight and distribution. And, you know, I'd imagine this is something that you're constantly as a company at the tile shop looking at to, to gauge and network, you know, through all the metrics that you're tracking. Yeah, I mean, it is. And our, our product, yeah, it's not something I live in day to day, but I definitely see, you know, the trickle down. Obviously, it trickles down to everything from the whole enterprise position. So um, it is something. But I think if there's anything the Tile Shop is, it's very resilient and very, um, you know, adaptable. And we've gone through a lot of different things and everyone's gone through COVID. So I feel like um, we've made our, you know, selves in a good position basically to handle that. And I think our teams themselves are really resilient and, and understanding and we're really um I think communicating and just making sure we're communicating with our our stores and communicating internally and communicating so that we can communicate with customers is critical and that's what's allowed us you know to feel like we can you know manage these significant impacts or changes over time because we just work closely together and we place a lot of emphasis on communication well, I've noticed that. I mean, I would say for as big as the tile shop is, I mean, in, in a compliment to you, it feels like a small company, right? Like you're working with someone because everyone, I know when I was there in Minnesota, you know, meeting some of the team and it just has a different feel just as far as communication and so responsive. And uh, I know for me, it's been a huge benefit. And so I think that's that's pretty unique, especially in our industry right now. Yeah, well, I think communication and relationships, it's the crux of so many, so many successful people, businesses. So it's something that um, we really take to heart. And, and we are, I mean, relatively small, I would say too. So I think, you know, we like to keep it that way where it feels like you're part, you're part of something, not part of, you know, a number on something. It's nothing transactional. It's a true, you know, partnership. And, and I love that you spoke about communication. You know, I'll get, I'll give a little example yesterday. So there was a client I met with probably a year ago and um, you know, we met and they ended up, purchasing a piece of land here in town and the land had a builder on it. And so, you know, of course they were locked in there, but, but they had mentioned that, uh, when they, when they followed up with me yesterday and this is a year later, you know, just some of the, some of the pains happening and, um, you know, their biggest thing, which all the feedback I get from all the clients are the same thing. It's either site cleanliness or communication. Right. And for whatever reason, right now, a lot of the builders are struggling communicating, you know, or just being responsive and, Again, we're not perfect, but one thing I'll tell my clients, like, if you call me, I'll pick up the phone I'll t or I'll get back to you right away if I'm in a meeting. And, um, and, and, and that's key because that, it just gets lost. And, and other clients that are like, hey, I've reached out to builders. They won't call me back. You know, if it's this painful in the beginning, how's it going to be like during construction? Mm -hmm. And it's just such low-hanging fruit, right? And I've noticed that with some of our vendors, too. When I, you know, as, as I tell our team, you know, as we work, not only we have to understand from the client perspective, when we're working with our partners and vendors, it's the same thing. You know, they may not have a good answer. They may say, Hey Brad, this is back ordered for six months or whatever. Yeah. But if we have that open communication, at least we can plan and strategize around. It's so important. And that's just something that is unique to the tile shop, not others that, Hey, they're communicating. We have a clear understanding and then we can react accordingly. 
Right. And I think for, you know, and back to just influencer partnerships, as we've had to kind of adapt to this, like changing, you know, product demand, I mean, sometimes we can't fully predict how quickly something might deplete. And we're just everyone's trying to get as much, you know, inventory as they can right now. So especially with partnerships, like, I think we've done a really good job. And we place a lot of emphasis on, you know, Sarah, my, my colleague who manages our partnerships, will make sure we're checking stock if things are in, you know, flux, or we're working on, you know, an agreement that hasn't completely been formalized or finalized. So we haven't placed orders, she's really on top of and we're, we're really emphasizing being on top of just making sure, okay, we're lower here, like, timings here, is this okay, we like to make sure that there's a lot of communication, because once things get moving, I mean, already with delays, just to be able to make everyone feel better prepared and planned for um, any project is super helpful. And, and I think people are more aware of that things can happen and delays can happen, but it's just being upfront about that. And, and when you're looking, you know, going back to a little bit of the marketing strategy and as well, supply chain is now, you know, there, there's a lot of reach that you may have through the social media and through the influencers and other partnerships, you know, digital content. How important is it still though, the brick and mortar, you know, physical where people can come in, see the store, see the product? I mean, we were, we started as a brick and mortar. We're a brick and mortar, you know, retailer at heart, um, at our core. We love it. We love that experience for customers. Um, I think now, so we place a lot of emphasis on it. We, we, we want our customers to experience our stores, to experience our store associates, um, their benefits to a homeowner just as much as they are to a pro, um, being a, you know, trusted partner in that process. But, um, obviously the world changes too and we just and everyone adapts and i think right you know now we just want to make sure we can meet the customer customer wherever they are and be a true you know omni-channel experience whether they want to shop in the store or they want to shop online or they want to do a you know a mix we want to make sure that we're there and we're able to service them however and they want to be you know however they want to work with us so and what what are some of your key locations you know when you look at the brick and mortar side i know you have one right around the corner from my office here in scottsdale mm-hmm. but you know nationally you know what's the reach you know for the tile shop yeah well we do have 143 stores in 31 states so um primarily in the uh, midwest northeast um, we're not all the way out west yet so um but a great footprint which i think is really beneficial for um, people who are builders or designers who are working cross country for, you know, um, winter homes or second homes. It's really nice to have um, access to so many brick and mortars available. Um, we have multiple distribution centers where we're stocking products so product can arrive and move quickly. Um, so it, it's a really nice network for for us to expand on. And I, I know that's important because I have a lot of our Midwestern friends that moved to yeah. Arizona, right? They get <laughs> a little tired of the well cold up in Minnesota. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so they know the product that makes it easy because even if they're at home, you know, during the off season, uh, when it's pretty hot here in the summer, you know, they can stop by your place there. And yep. you, which is key. But I know one thing that I really love is that you also sp- spoke about the installer side, right? And how the installers either react to the product or, um, you know, our advertising or pushing it. And the reason I want to touch upon that is because right now, you know, all of us are dealing with, you know, labor issues, trade issues. Um, it, you know, the, the installer doesn't get a lot of the credit, right. When it goes in, you know, that 
the, the final pictures are amazing, but they're not always involved in that process. And, and it's important because, you know, for us as, especially for you as a manufacturer that you have your own product and to make sure it's installed correctly, it's done right. You know, how do you teach, you know, us as those that are working with our installers, you know, to make sure it's done right and done properly, you know, that continuing education. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of it starts too with that installer community, which in and of itself has really grown on, in a social sense over the past couple of years. I think if you think, you know, the home, the builder, everyone, our trades are a little slower from that perspective to the, to the punch, but I think installers even more so, but, um, but, I think it starts with them also just promoting their, the knowledge and um, just advancements that have come in the field from tools to um, installation methods and best practices, um, promoting, you know, the best in class, the certified tile installers, promoting um, and supporting the National Tile Contractors Association. Those are all things that I think help from the ground up, just build that, um, elevate that, that part of the design and elevate the installer essentially, because their work is so, they're artisans, truthfully, I think their work is down to like the millimeter when you're like looking at some of these layouts, it's really incredible. So I think there's a lot to be said for what they do. And I think, like you said, they sometimes don't get the credit and, um, as they become more, you know, you know, elevate that within their own community. I think that helps everyone in the industry overall really understand how um, important all all these pieces work together to create the beautiful image that we're scrolling through on Instagram or liking. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because it's always fascinates me speaking with vendors because uh, their scope of work is so much more grand than we can appreciate in most cases, you know, because it's like, hey, I need this product get installed, move forward, right? But you don't think about the complexity of your business in the sense that, as you mentioned, it's like, it's not like we have any favors going like everything's is 12 by 12 square tile, right? There's yeah. some really complicated product. that's <laughs> yeah. amazing, but it's really complicated and it has to be really precise, as you mentioned. And what's important is there's a whole R&D side from you to understand, okay, how is this installed? Like, how is this going to be maintained and, and installed properly to, to achieve that? And the, the the amount of communication with trusted vendors to qualify them and to make sure that they're, they're installing it properly. I mean, that's a whole arm in itself. Totally. And I mean, as we spoke to earlier with, you know, partnerships like ourselves and how we work so closely with our vendors, we do the same thing with installers and with our, you know, installation materials, vendors and partners. And we're constantly you know, the tiles evolving faster than the materials and the substrates and everything. So it's, it's just, it's been really cool, you know, to see and inspiring to see how the installer community has kind of really grown. And there's a lot of thought leaders there that are, you know, want to support each other and want to support growing that profession and showing the, um, you know, gratification that comes with what they do and and teaching each other on these large you know slabs and teaching each other about how to do curbless entries or scribing and all the little details that it's so beautiful in a picture but it's all you know there's no handbook for it as you could say there's no course on it necessarily for those of you that have listened to the podcast you know how big of a fan we are build a trend and that we have used this software for the last four years and many of the guests that we brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. 
And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their they're company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra-contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So, For anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. We're pretty fortunate. I'll give a plugged a couple of my installers. I mean, Summit Stone is one we use. And we had this uh, this fireplace and our designer, uh, Kristen at the Lifestyle Co., you know, she she had designed this incredible fireplace wall, all slab. And one thing, you know, okay, now it falls on us, right? They figure out, okay, the, the, the design that she had wanted was a thicker, you know, it wasn't like the 6mm, it was a thicker 2cm, yeah. which is even more heavy. And yeah. so you think, okay, you're just on the 16, 18 feet high, these slabs, <laughs> right, on the fireplace wall. And just the complexity to say, okay, well, how do we anchor this, you know, with angle iron and, you know, to make sure it's supported. And, you know, it was a very challenging install, you know, and, and, you know, one thing is we look at this picture and it's, yeah, it looks amazing on Instagram and it looks amazing on Pinterest, you know, but the complexity behind that, that's something that is often missed by most people and really, you know, credit to our vendors such as yourself that are really involved in that application and install to make sure it's done correctly and will perform over time. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really important. We want people to have these spaces and enjoy them for years. I mean, that's the beauty of tile. Truthfully, it's, it's a classic material that can withstand so much, withstand the test of time. And nothing's more upsetting than getting through a huge remodel. And then there's a leak or there's, you know, a failure in a shower pan or, you know, something, you know, got screwed through a drywall and didn't get properly, you know, 
waterproofed and waterproofed so it's just or you know missing an expansion join on a large project and you know having breakage it's just there's so many things that you don't even think about that come into making these spaces that your designers have to think about and installers and yourselves so so do you part though yeah do you ever have to deal with um us us trades or professionals where they may be upset or clients i mean how do you navigate through you know, maybe having those hard conversations if a product's not available or, yeah, you know, installer well, had an issue or whatever, maybe. It's happened. I mean, all of the above have happened and we can only do, you know, the towel shop doesn't provide installation. We can, you know, give a reference to people we've previously worked with and things like that. So, but we always like to be, you know, we want the customer to be happy in the end. So we'll own it if it's, for some reason, a product failure or, or for some reason, but it'll come up and it's, it's obviously, you know, not always the most fun conversation. I'm sure you've had a handful of, you know, not fun conversations. We just actually had one with a, a great, awesome influencer partner who is, um, you know, more of a DIYer redoing an old home and just a stunning design, stunning execution. And we kind of came across on social some of the insulation methods that were happening for the waterproofing. <laughs> and we were like, well, that's, you know, it's our it's our job as a partner, as their partner in this space um, to just let them know this is, you know, we feel responsible, even though we're not ne not necessarily. I feel like it's our job to be that partner and say, you know, these are best practices. This is something we noticed. We will support if this is something you want to redo. We'll we're fine re giving wow. you product because you know we want you to be happy in the space for a long time and nothing would be worse than that and so we'll have x you know in that case we had one of our um technical experts hop on a call talk through everything after talking through things there was a little bit more maybe we didn't catch on social so they felt more confident in everything but they were just appreciative that we stood and we we're like you know as as an um a professional in this sense like here's our best advice and, it, and you can take it we're here to support you with whichever way you go so i think it's just being able to understand how they are feeling or you know how you know and be flexible and and be a good partner that's impressive because you know you think about one thing it's you know selfishly be easy to sit there and look at hey there's th this amazing product look how it's installed the photography is amazing but to actually look at the technical side to say hey there is a concern here you know based on the installation and to really you know, have the courage to, to address that, you know, with your partner. I mean, it just, you know, there's a lot of value there, you know, to, to be willing to fall on the sword, if you will, to say, Hey, you know, we need to make a change here. Yeah. And sometimes it's not a fun conversation. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's like, Oh my gosh, we didn't even realize, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, it's again, learning as we, as types of projects change, um, it's learning as we go, how we kind of think about that up front or, or be again, it's another way to be like, okay, this is something we can think about communicating about in the future just to help. Well, it's interesting so because like going back, yeah, going back to the social media, I, I know, and, and I believe I've said this on the podcast before, but I know a lot of people in the industry are, are hesitant to show maybe installation practices or behind the scenes, if you will, as you mentioned, Morgan and Jamie do. And the reason they do that is they're like, well, I'm worried about trolls because everyone comes out saying you're doing it wrong <laughs> or you're doing this or whatever, right? You you kind of have that feedback from everyone that's a professional or has their way of doing it in their own market. And I've, I've had a lot of talks with Nick, Nick Schiffer about this with NS Builders because, 
uh, I found in my, at at one point, this was a couple of years ago, we were doing, um, and like is an integrated roof drain. So it's like this modern home. We're trying to not put like, uh, scuppers on there, you know, um, and, and we're trying to hide how we're going to divert the water. Right. And so there's an integrated rain gutter. So we didn't have exposed rain gutters on the house and a couple builders actually it was a building science guy in New York reached out on LinkedIn and he's like, Hey Brad, do not do it this way. Like this is going to fail. I'm telling you, you're going to have issues down the road. It's going to be a warranty nightmare. You won't be able to find the leaks. And he's dealt with this for 20 years in the profession. And so he gave me, he put me in contact with someone who actually has a different detail. And we changed the whole thing. And what I found is that, um, to your point, Shahan, is that it's not just, Hey, uh, you know, we're, we're doing something wrong, but actually they're, they're, they're giving us benefit. If we really look at it and want to look at this at, at perfecting our business is it's okay to be transparent because we're all learning and there's different things that you may know as a manufacturer to say, Hey, hold, hold, hold tight, make sure you make this change. And it's going to be better in the long run for you and the customer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not everyone is as open probably as you are to <laughs> that, I would say, but I think it's getting there. I think there's definitely, you know, and there, there's more community support that I think is being, you know, promoted and supportive. And I think people like yourself leading and in different areas of the industry from installers, there's, there's people who really promote that. And I think that's what's really wonderful because, I mean, you, we can always learn something new. There's never never something, you know, when you think you've learned it all, then you're, you're done. Yeah. Especially in our industry. (laughs) Done, done growing, I would say. So, um, I think that's a great thing, but it, it's taught us to how to think about when we're approached with partnerships of different scales, types, you know, whether it's a a builder designer, or if it's a DIYer, it's really helped, helped us refine strategies or refine how we, um, what we look for up front as we talk through a partnership or talk through what that would look like with someone because we want to try to get ahead of those things, but you know, things still happen. So when, when a, um, a professional is working with you, you know, in a relationship or sponsorship or whatever you may call, it, I know without getting into specifics, you know, that, that formula could be very different depending on, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, whatever their demographic or their, their, installation or their, their business model. I mean, that can vary, but wh- how does a professional bring value to you? Right. What, and you mentioned that, yeah, they're a thought leader or maybe they show the process, but are there certain specifics, you know, whether it be content or blogs? I mean, what is it you're typically looking for in that relationship? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I guess to simplify it a bit, like how they approach, how to approach it in general. So I think understanding, you know, what is it that you bring? So ultimately I think, you know, each person, again, like each partnership brings something, might bring something slightly different, but really having the influencer or, you know, understand what do I bring? So is it, I have an incredible blog and I know I want to give you blog content and, you know, I'm going to redo this space or is it, I have incredible engagement on my Instagram and I really, I'm successful at taking people through that. I'm going to give you stories. I'm going to give you reels. I mean, something that brands really, I think, oh, at least for the towel shop, we, you know, it's an endless content and like you need to feed that, you know, all the time. So content's great. So reels or or photography or assets or things to play around with are great ways to provide value. Um, I think, 
you know, we evaluate amongst, you know, obviously there's times we do this for a product exchange. There's times we, for simple product exchange. And there's times we do it from a monetary standpoint where we're providing product as well as the, mon- you know, um, compensation for time because we want to give credit and we want to, um, you know, honor what people have built. So if an influencer's built an incredible audience and they've done so much to create this brand and, you know, they deserve that for their time, for the time and effort they're putting into building these assets for us. So what's interesting is when you're looking at this relationship and and I think the value that, that you're saying that we need to bring, which is super interesting, it's really understanding how we're producing this content. And it could be through blog, it could be through stories, it could be still or static posts on our feeds. But really, you're looking at how we engage with our audience and really that's the those are the assets that you're looking for and how we build that. And it, it, it's interesting because that, that makes me think about how do I approach, you know, my marketing strategies, not just to the public, but also to our vendors, you know, and making sure that they're, the assets are being delivered to them in a way that is advantageous because it's a mutual relationship, as you mentioned. And, you know, th- fr- from your side on the marketing side, though, Shahan, is that is it really tough? Do you get a lot of inquiries, you know, direct messages? I can imagine that, you know, I see what comes through on yeah. my feed, but I would imagine on yours, hey, we have this project. I would imagine there's a lot to for you and Sarah to go through and say, is this valid? Is this something we want to pursue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And and it's funny because people may think, you know, oh, I don't want to Instagram or direct message a brand. And I don't know, for us, it's like, well, there's someone really sitting, there's someone behind all those that's reading those and sending them up and adding them to a document and reviewing them. And um, yeah, we're reviewing things all the time. So I think it's, um, I guess, you know, what's wonderful to see is opportunities where, again, reiterating, like knowing what value this person brings um, or value this opportunity will have in addition to just details around the project. I mean, we get a lot of inquiries. So upfront saving time and being really clear on like, this is kind of what I'm envisioning this is the timeline I have in mind this is my mood board this is what I you know I I've had really success you know creating reels or I noticed you're not on TikTok or innovative stuff again we're a very curious brand we like to test and learn and try new things so um, I think the more that can be kind of presented or you know to lead from is always super helpful I love that you shared that because from my perspective, you know, there's, and, and I've said this before, is like on LinkedIn, I'll connect with someone and then right away you get a direct message, beam, like, let me sell you this or let me do this. And there's no relationship, right? And and what got me one time, I had a, a trade partner, a subcontractor reached out and said, hey, Brad, I have a job for you. Can we meet? And it's the first time I'd met this person. I'm like, okay, you got me. You know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Instead of just saying, hey, can I bid your work? It's like, no, I'm bringing you yeah. in. And so I've seen that strategy different. And, and as you mentioned, it's like someone that comes in pr- prepared, right? For either their they've their prep work, their mood board, you know, the uh, anything they have that's innovative, you know, maybe a, a market that they're looking at the top shop, maybe you know it'd be prevalent, but we can help you with that. And yeah. so there's value they're bringing. And I, what's interesting that I want to ask you about is I'm sure you've seen the marketing industry tra- change, especially as your role as director of marketing. I mean, how has that changed in the last ten years? to where we are now. I mean, I would imagine it's completely different. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible to think about what even just 10 years ago looked like even five years ago from influencer strategies or brand strategies. I don't think they were as significant of funnels yet in, in the marketing and overall strategic roadmap. But um, truthfully, it's just, I mean, social is, 
almost your modern day PR. It's your word of mouth, you know. So implementing social strategies is so critical. And now with the way people consume so quickly and 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 with video on the rise, I mean, it's just really changed the way teams produce content or view how to strategically acquire or work with people to provide content. So, I mean, like you said, again, if people approach us and they're in a specific market, you know, we do have our brick and mortar stores. Sometimes something might not work perfectly, but these are opportunities. Again, we funnel that through just our natural, our, you know, professional program, or we look for a local relationship to build because there's always micro influencers that might not be managed at a corporate level. But, but I think um, over the past 10 years, again, it's just, we've had to diversify so much of how we um, communicate with our customers and really understand that channels and, and what they're used for can change fairly quickly in the span of months to a year of, you know, being a high conversion driving channel to maybe more of an awareness channel. And you just have to be, again, constantly kind of looking at um, how your customers are engaging with you. And again, talking to your customers, um, having that deep connection, which again, these partnerships help with is really giving you a deep insights into your customer and their, and their way they're shopping with you. So how, based on that experience and that explanation of how you've seen the market change and, you know, especially when it comes to marketing and branding, do you have recommendations for, you know, companies, you know, as they're looking at how they're building their strategy, where's the future going? What are you seeing from, from your side? Yeah, well, I mean, I think digital obviously is, it's huge. We still employ traditional media. I mean, we still do print. We still are even doing, you know, some radio testing and things because we constantly want to understand and we do, you know, analysis on um, where our marketing dollars and their effectiveness. But um, I mean, there's so much to be said for social, so much to be said. And that's across, you know, your TikToks, your YouTube, things like that. Um, but I think it's okay to find what you're really good at too, and just really work on that. And instead of like you had mentioned before in our conversation, feel this pressure to like have to do something on everything because that doesn't always translate and that doesn't always work. So, you know, you have to do what you're good at and then also figure that out, I think. And then, um, you know, focus your energy. And so you're not, you know, running around all the time like a chicken with your head cut off. But, um, (laughs) Yeah, so I think there's so much power in in social. There's so many opportunities now to be collaborative, to do partnerships, to, um, you know, look at different ways you can support your business by leveraging partnerships and your your vendors and you're um, looking at it that way. And then always, I think, and as you've spoken to many times on your podcast and and in any, you know, um, it's your website and thinking about, you know, Ultimately, a lot of these things are driving people to a website. So giving them that experience that really marries up to everything you're, you're sharing on other channels. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, as we track this more over the years to see where, uh, you know, the business development arm where the clients are coming in from, right? And it's so different. I mean, the demographic is so different on so many. And, and that's why you mentioned, you know, be curious. And, you know, my friends at yeah. Cardinal Crest in Kansas City, Joe and Adam, they they're funny because they're very professional on their like Instagram and LinkedIn, you know, and then you get on TikTok and they do all the TikTok yeah. trends and they're dancing and doing funny things at the office. And so you can have a little fun too, where, mm-hmm. 
you know, depending on the platform on the audience, because they are completely different where it may not translate to Instagram, but it definitely works on TikTok. Right. And, and it, I think that's mix is great. I think giving, having that kind of range and being able to do that is wonderful. Some people, um, that's, that's a great skill set because not a lot of people yeah, do it very well. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to see me dancing on those. That would not be good. But. Yeah, so, so how often does Tile Shop, when you're looking as a brand, and we spoke a lot in this conversation about the relationship between professionals, you know, even the consumer, the retail side, do you ever partner with other vendors, you know, other brands in the industry? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we do um, partnerships in a lot of ways. With other brands, we do, obviously, we have designer collection collaboration, so just like a, a product development opportunity. So we kind of look at those partnerships as, you know, what other brands feel like this or, you know, a customer looks at a space of tile, they want the whole look, like what other brands fall into this aesthetic and our demographics that feel like they would really resonate with our, our customers. Um, you know, and we work with brands from a product development standpoint. Um, but we also work with them, you know, maybe more behind the scenes, we work with um, potential you know, countertop companies for photo shoots. Again, everyone's looking for wonderful assets. There's no, you could have people in studios all day long and you probably still wouldn't get photos, amazing, incredible photos of everything, every product, you know, out there. But um, we partner with different brands, even from a photography standpoint with lighting or, or hardware or um, cabinetry. So there's lots of different ways we we do that. Again, it's leveraging leveraging your partnerships and your relationships to to find those mutually beneficial opportunities. So so diverting now to the tile shop, you know, and your relationship with with the trade itself or maybe the designer builder, you know, how does that trade partnership work? Yeah, so we do have an exclusive program for trade professionals. Um, and knowing that different tradespeople like yourself versus a contractor may shop differently or their their experience at the towel shop could be significantly different from a purchase standpoint. Um, we've really tried to think about the best way to service however it is or whatever tradesperson it is that is shopping with us. So we have, you know, obviously exclusive pricing based on, you know, um, total spend or referral dollars. So a tiered a tiered pricing system for professionals who do buy the product themselves. But we also have a referral program for those that, you know, may be referring a homeowner in who'd prefer to buy or, um, you know, a designer who's maybe referring for the um, installers who are going to buy for a builder. So giving credit to, you know, the person who's really driving that sale, but may not be the one who's actually making the purchase. So there's a program for referrals for that. And then um, you know, different benefits to service different types of clients, free samples or free delivery. Um, there's lots of different, you know, benefits within the program to um, support each type of trade profession. What is the best way? So for someone such as myself, if we're purchasing a lot from the tile shop or we're referring, you know, how would we go about setting that up or get in contact? Is that just we, we go to our local distributor, you know, our local brick and mortar, or what's the best way? Yep. You can actually sign up online um, on tileshop.com as a pro, and that will um, be then sent to, you know, our store teams, our our team of pro market managers who handle all of our 
pro sales. So in pro relationships, so you can do that online or you could visit a brick and mortar and get um, started and signed up in one of the physical stores as well. So based on all your years at the tile shop and everything we discussed, what's your favorite thing about working there? Oh gosh. Well, yeah, I've uh, been at the tile shop over seven years now and wow. I would, I would have to say that um, I think the people are wonderful. I think I get to work every day with incredible people who care just as much about each other as they do the business. Um, I think I love, I love the product we work with. I'm like a tile geek. I love how beautiful tile can be, what an impact it can make in the space. It's more than a functional element. It's really a design element. And I think we've seen that really come to life over the evolution of the product in the past seven to 10 years, truthfully. And then I love the people get to work with like yourself. I think it's wonderful to have such an array of professionals that you get to learn from. I'm constantly learning. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Well, truth be told, I can tell you from the building side, I, I'm often asked like, what's your favorite part about building? And I love um, that you have something that was nothing or maybe an imagination or drawing, right? Then it comes to fruition and reality. Yeah. And then to see our users, whether it's commercial or residential, that now enjoy the space and how they use it and see how their family enjoys it. But I will say during the building process, like one of my favorite um, phases in the construction schedules, like the tile, like when we start installing right after the home's drywall, then we're prepping and doing the mud set, you know, doing the showers and yeah. the tile starts going in or the accent walls. I mean, it's just, it's fun because as you mentioned, I mean, the tile just brings so much life to the home and it just completely changes it from that blank slate. Yeah. It's a historically really beautiful product. And I think always at that part when the tile starts going in, it's starting to feel so much more yeah. real. So, and I love how you spoke to just what, you know, we get to be in people's like intimate homes and spaces and be, these are significant decisions. They're significant projects. It's not deciding on a t-shirt that you're going to forget about you had or, <laughs> you know, um, something like that. So I think that's something in itself that's really rewarding and gratifying about what, what we get to be a part of. So a career path for you, I mean, did you anticipate coming into the construction industry? Was that always a goal or how did that opportunity present itself to be at the tile shop? Um, no, I don't think I did. I actually, well, I was in the agency space more so both actually at a sports agency and an advertising agency and had a little stint in between the two where I taught English in Spain. So not really anything oh, wow. related yeah. to construction, <laughs> but, um, it just kind of, I, when I was at, um, an ad agency kind of fell into my lap as an account and I just got really, um, it was, it opened up my eyes to this world that really, I didn't know I loved so much. So, um, and then each year just getting to know the business deeper, getting to know the audience deeper and, and build our marketing and strategy. It's just been a constant, exciting experience. So naturally, I think when you're really curious and engaged, it's, um, it works out. Yeah. And so outside of all of your time, I'm sure the tile shop commits you to a lot of personal time, you know, at work as, as many of us, you know, are consumed by that, but what do you enjoy outside of that for fun? Oh, gosh. Um, well, you know, I guess I have to say my dog, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I love to travel. I like um, hiking. I, I spend a lot of time with my family. I think that's a big part of my life. I raise monarchs in the summer, which I wow. really enjoy. They're butterflies, actually swallowtails as well. Um, yeah, I think nothing too exciting. I would 
That's and amazing, monarchs. So, so what goes into raising monarchs? <laughs> um, it's actually really easy. It's, it's a lot of work, I will say. Once they get going, I had like fifty going at one time, and that was that was a lot. You get a, need a lot of milkweed for that. But <laughs> you can just you can just find little eggs on milkweed, and you take them home, and they literally just eat milkweed and grow into a chrysalis, and then they it close into a beautiful monarch and you release them. And then they only live for two weeks, but. <laughs> oh, do they really only live for two weeks? Well, yeah, it's until their last generation, which is the one that travels to like Mexico. And those okay. ones live for a couple months, but wow. that's not until the fall. So after you're done raising them, then you just release them. Yep. And then they, re you know, hopefully make it to reproduce and everything. And then hopefully they make it till the last, the fall. That's amazing. So what do you have that's upcoming and excited for the towel shop? Oh, gosh. Well, I'd say lots of fun and exciting new collaborations with designers coming up um, across the board from, you know, well-renowned names to, you know, new up-and-coming designers. So a lot of fun product development is something that I get super excited about. And then I think um, I'm really excited about just the different ways we're looking at how we can better serve our customer and the improvements we're going to make to that experience. So, um, I guess a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Well, it's exciting. And I know we'll be excited to follow along. So where can our listeners find you so that they can also stay tuned for all of, you know, that exciting collaboration upcoming? Yeah. Well, you can follow the towel shop. I would say on Instagram at the towel shop. Um, and that's a great way to find a lot of information. Obviously, you know, Facebook, Instagram's great. Um, and you can connect with me. I'm always looking for different partners, different ways we can work with um, pros in the industry. I'm on LinkedIn, Shahan Ganchi, or on Instagram, she Ganchi. Well, Shahan, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. We'll make sure we have those handles um, in the show notes. And again, thank you for making time just to share a little bit more about that relationship with, you know, vendor, partner, and the trades and everything um, that you shared from the marketing strategy. So really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Brad. This is wonderful. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.